You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Maniacs, it's me. I'm back and feeling almost like a human being again after two uh, incredibly rough weeks of working and being sick. I have either the flu or bronchitis or the Coxsackie virus or some horrible thing. I'm just now getting over it. I have missed days of work, which is not something that I like to do. I missed a an episode of Earth Station Who, which is something I really don't like to do, and have just been generally lethargic and not giving much of a shit about anything, but just hoping that someday I can have the motivation to want to do anything at all other than sit around and watch Destination Truth. Uh, finally, that day has come. I decided today that I would sit down, uh, talk to you guys a little bit, and finally put together the Heroes Con episode of the Needless Things podcast, which should have been done uh, at least a week ago, if not two, and just uh, has not been in the cards because I, I wasn't even able to talk without bursting into a fit of coughing and also just had no motivation whatsoever. I, I felt like utter garbage. I'm on my second round of azithromycin. I think next time I get sick, I'm going to go to the doctor and say, don't give me azithromycin because it always takes that and something else. I'm going to try try another something or other next time. I don't know. I don't know anything about diseases or being sick or cures or anything like that, uh, which is why I have a horrible job and I'm not a doctor making lots and lots of money. But anyway, now it's time for the Heroes Con podcast. I'm very excited and also a little let down. Uh, I've got, I uh, went to Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is an actual comic book convention. Uh, it can't be compared to anything else because this is one that the focus is entirely on comic books and their creators. And, uh, and also, of course, people that sell stuff. But it's, it's a totally different experience than Dragon Con or anything else. And it's, it's something that we love to do. And I was glad to be able to go back after missing last year. And I was extra glad to be able to go back because uh, I went as Phantom Troublemaker. And I actually went up to people and asked for interviews, which is something I'm going to have to get more comfortable doing. Uh, but I did it and, and I had no problem doing it. Now I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't go after like Jimmy Palmiotti or Amanda Connor, although, although I did speak to Amanda Connor and she was very pleasant and nice and wonderful and, uh, signed my, my stuff in a pleasing and humorous way. Very sweet lady. I got a picture with her. Very charming. Um, but I, I did go after some sort of 
you know, a couple of people that I really wanted to talk to, the uh, Jennifer from Handmade Stuffs and Jamie Cosley, who is a con favorite of the Troublemaker family. Uh, he's a tremendous cartoonist, and he's created some of our favorite sketches that we've gotten from a con ever at all. And uh, I got to talk to them, and I also got to talk to some random folks who I just sort of saw their their sign or their product or whatever. And I thought, hey, I'm going to talk to this guy. Uh, unfortunately, one of those guys, uh, Justin Peterson, I had a great conversation with him. Uh, actually, the longest one that I had at the show. And something happened with the audio file. I can't recover it. Uh, it's it's there. It has a length. It has data. It's taking up space in my memory uh, on my uh, hard drive here. But I can't get it to play. I, I've tried a couple of different methods to recover it, and it's not happening, which is a big bummer because I really enjoyed talking to that guy. Uh, and I'm thinking about maybe just offering to, to sit down and do an episode with him because we had a great conversation that I felt like it could have gone on longer than it actually did. So you might be hearing from him in the future. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll have him on as, as a guest for a roundtable. I don't know. I'd really like to talk to that guy. But, but Justin, if you do end up listening to this for whatever reason, uh, just know I'm really sorry, man. Uh, that's It's one of those things. Uh, but I will say the smart voice recorder that I used was pretty great for all of these. Uh, the, the quality isn't amazing, but considering it's a free app that I downloaded and used on my phone and I didn't have to spend 200 bucks on a, a, a you know specific voice recording thing, uh, which I do not have to spend, uh, it was pretty great. I was pretty happy with the results. But we had a great time at Heroes Con. Uh, everybody was very cool, as always. And I also had a little chat with uh, Bobby and Mike from ESO right before we had to leave. So that'll be at the end of the podcast. But right now, I'm going to go straight into... Uh, yeah, you know what? I need to talk about Heroes Con just a little bit more before we go into the interviews because I, I do need to put it over. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's like no other con ever. It's a tremendous amount of fun. And everybody that's there is there because they love comic books and they want to be around other people who love comic books. Uh, there's tons of costumes. Uh, they've got panels, which I didn't attend any of the panels. Uh, it wasn't that kind of deal for me. I had the family with me, so I had to work family time and interviewing time into the time that we were there. So there, there wasn't really, you know, I, I, I couldn't make it to any of the panels or anything, but they had a good lineup of them. There were a few that I wouldn't have minded seeing. So it's it's a big part of the show, just not something that I, I can do while we're up there because what we do is we hit Heroes Con and uh, Charlotte, and then head over to the coast to visit my parents and, and hang out at the beach a little bit, which that was a, a whole other experience that I'm not even going to get into. It wasn't horrible, but, you know, going going to your parents, there's that whole thing that Bill Cosby captured so well uh, when your parents get around your children. You, you don't know who they are. They're They're these weird people that you you don't recognize and, and can't relate to really any better than you ever have. But it was just a weird time. I, I don't, there was an odd vibe the whole time. And, and it, 
you know, I, I love my parents very much. Uh, you know, my sister's over there too, and I, I love my sister and her. Her, uh, she's she's got an adorable uh, baby girl that that was just born recently, and uh, her husband's cool and. My sister's husband, not the uh, baby girls, obviously, because uh, that, that would be getting ahead of ourselves. This isn't Twilight, but uh, you know it was a weird time over there. So Heroes Con was definitely the the high point of the trip. We ran into horrible, miserable weather on the way up there. It, it's amazing. This is the second year that we have driven through weather that uh, a reasonable, rational person would have pulled over and waited out, except that you don't know how long that sort of thing is going to last. So I just kept on driving, and eventually we got to Charlotte, and we stayed at the Westin Hotel, which was a fantastic experience. Those guys are great. Uh, they're all happy to have the the nerds there. They created a pleasant environment. They went out of their way a couple of times to, to do. They had some ecto-punch sort of thing out in the lobby at one point. Uh, they had a few different uh, little things going on, and obviously everybody was hanging out in the bar in the the hotel Friday and Saturday night. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Thursday and Friday night. We weren't there Saturday night. Uh, we left, unfortunately. But uh, Friday night, I went down and did, didn't know anybody. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to intrude on these people, these these creative folks who are hanging around trying to relax and have a good time, and don't need some fanboy coming up and and talking to them. Then uh, Friday night, little pond was down there, so I hung out with her and some of her friends, and ended up having a pretty amazing talk about costuming, which is not something I expected to happen ever. Because I'm not a costume guy. I can't do that stuff. I don't have the skills or the patience to put together or or wear a costume, for that matter. Uh, and I ended up, uh, Little Pond uh, left at one point, and another lady came and sat down, and, and I ended up talking to her. And uh, a friend of Little Pond's that, that I had met, and it turned out the lady was DJ Spider, who I actually interviewed on Needless Things uh, for my Dragon Con coverage last year. And I didn't even realize it was her, because I've only ever seen pictures of her in costume. And, you know, she looked completely normal, you know, nice-looking lady. Uh, just kind of talked, and I noticed she was tall. And as we were talking, and as uh, she was passionately going on about costuming, it occurred to me, like, wait a minute, this might be DJ Spider. And and uh, at one point I asked her, and yeah, that was her. And but we had uh, we sat there and talked for probably about an hour about costumes and how they go together and and all the trials and tribulations and it was fascinating and I really really wish I'd recorded it because uh, it was great and and I think there was a lot of encouraging stuff in there for costumers uh, about trying and trying again and putting things together and and learning how to do certain things and that you never ever. Excuse me, I have to keep stopping to, to drink water here. You might notice my voice is <clears throat> not doing super well. But uh, uh, costuming, you, you never, you're, you're never there. You never are at the point where you look at a costume you want to make and go, okay, I know exactly how I'm going to make that. It's always like, okay, I'm going to try this. Okay, that didn't work, but now I've learned something. So I'm still better off even though it's not perfect. And And also... Uh, the idea that you don't know if you've 
made a great costume until you're on the con floor walking around wearing it for hours at a time. Because nobody, no matter how many fittings or whatever you do, uh, you, you don't wear that thing for hours until it's go time. So that, that was another interesting thing to me. Uh, in the one costume that I have made and worn, you know, once I got to the con and had the thing on, I was miserable. It was, it was freaking horrible. So it was interesting to find, you know, all that stuff out. It was a really great talk, and I'd, I'd like to talk to that lady and that fella again uh, a little bit more. I think that'd be a great time. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and hook that up. But, uh, you know, as always, there's only so much time I have for this podcasting thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. It'd definitely be worthwhile. Uh, maybe something more for ESO than for my own personal podcast. But anyway, uh, just a, a really good, good time the, the whole weekend. Uh, I didn't get one dar. As some of you may know, if you've been following the blog, the only Masters of the Universe uh, classics figure that I'm missing is good old Wondar. And I don't want to pay. I mean, I, you know, I could get one easily, but I'm not interested in paying 100 bucks or whatever. I'm not even interested in paying 60 bucks for, for Wondar. It's just something I'd like to have. And I, I just can't seem to make that happen. Uh, uh, but I got a ton of, of really good signatures and, more importantly, had a bunch of great conversations. So, uh, without further ado, here is the first of those conversations with Jennifer of Handmade Stuffs. Now, as I mentioned in, in this, uh, we met her several years ago just kind of walking around and, and showing her, her stuffed animal guys uh, to some of the creators there. And now... You know, not only does she have a, a booth every year and, and travel around to several different cons and have a good online store and uh, take custom orders and all, all sorts of stuff like that, she's branching out into other kinds of crafts. Uh, she, and she's a really, really talented lady. She's doing some awesome stuff. And between her and her, I cannot remember if it's boyfriend or husband. Uh, but bless them both because they're they're just the the sweetest folks and they're doing really neat stuff. So here is a conversation with handmade stuffs. Hey, Phantom Troublemaker here at Heroes Con 2013 with Jennifer, the lady behind the handmade stuffs. How you doing? I'm good. Everything going good so far? Yeah, pretty good. Um, now, we first met you a few years ago. You were just walking around with your guys, showing them off. Yep. And now you're here. You've been to Dragon Con. Yep. And, I mean, you, you've got a full-on enterprise here. How, <laughs> how did you, I mean, you obviously, you knew what you were doing the first time around because your stuff was awesome in the first place. Thank you. How did you get to the point where you were just like, wow, I can really make a business out of this? Um, it just kind of started walking around with them, and I just got such a good reaction, and I had a couple of people tell me I should set up, and I figured, why not? I've got a big convention right in the city, and I did really well, so I started doing more conventions, and it's just, I've gotten a really good response from everybody. And now you're doing stuff online, which people can find you online. My website is handmadestuffs, with an S, dot com. Okay, cool. 
And, uh, I mean, you, you've got just about any nerd stuff anybody <laughs> could think of. You've got Star Wars, you've got Adventure Time, you've got Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. and, and they're all really awesome. Guys, uh, be sure and check out the site for pictures of, of pretty much everything. Uh, and now you're expanding out into some other stuff. Uh-huh. How did how did this come about? Um, I also do hair bows, some little pendant necklaces. It's just I like crafting. I love making stuff, and I just see things I want to try and do it. Uh, hopefully I'll have some time next year to start expanding even more. I want to do some more clothing, some skirts, pillows, other home deck stuff. There's just, I want to make a lot of things. This has got to be tremendously time consuming. Uh, <laughs> how, how long do you say, you want to talk to these guys real quick? Excuse me, sorry. Oh, you're, you're fine. fine. No, no, If you guys want to take a look, go ahead. <laughs> He's never been to the Honor Book of Riches, so he's taking everything in. Oh, yeah. I it's overwhelming. <laughs> I've never been. I'm, I'm enjoying it myself. <laughs> um, about how much time on average would you say that one of the, the stuffed plushes takes? It varies a lot. I've got kind of the base pattern down. They all have basically the same body, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of adding. So it anywhere from two hours to ten plus hours, depending on how complicated, if I've made it before, what kind of pattern I have to do for it. Right, right. And feel free to just jump out of this anytime <laughs> if you need to talk to somebody. No, y'all go ahead. If you've got questions or whatever, go ahead. I can edit. Um, so, like, Kirk's hair. How yeah. in the world did you end up figuring that out? That's crazy with all the layers and stitching and everything. Like, how many attempts does it take? Um, hair, I'm usually pretty good. Yeah? Um, I just kind of look at pictures and sort of figure out the basic shapes that I need. Right, right. If you want to wait until I'm <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to get one. <laughs> and we're making a sale right here live. Yeah. And it's a weeping angel, <laughs> which is amazing. She's 40. All right. Do you need a bag for her? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Here you go. Here's 40. Let me grab a bag for you real quick. I could put her in here. That works too. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. Now, <laughs> is uh, is pretty much everything your own? Like, oh, I'm into this, so I'm going to try this out. Or is there a certain portion of this looks like something that's hot right now, so I'm going to see if I can I can put something together? It's kind of a mixture of what I want to do, what's popular, and mm. what my boyfriend, who is also a nerd, tells me to do. There you go. <laughs> um, we're about eight years apart in age, so he's got kind of the 80s stuff covered. I've got the 90s oh, stuff covered. Oh, wow. yeah. So you guys really do have a good knowledge base yeah. for this. That's yeah. awesome. And then Very we're just cool. we're into a lot of different stuff, right, so we right. kind of ideas from all over. Well, very cool. Um, good luck all weekend. It's been very nice talking to you. Thank you. And uh, one more time, what's the site? It's www.handmadestuffs.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. All right. Thanks to Jennifer from Handmade Stuffs. Uh, please go check out her site. Look at her amazing creations. Uh, some of the cutest little weeping angels you'll ever see. And speaking of that, I know I said I was going to edit out uh, the the transaction part, but there really wasn't a smooth segue, and I don't think it hurt things too much to show that the lady was doing a little bit of business at the show. That's what everybody was there trying to do. Uh, next up, we have a gentleman named Kyle Starks, whose creation, The Legend of Ricky Thunder, 
uh, I had actually heard of, but it, it had been a while. I'd read about it on Comics Alliance and just had never checked it out because there's so much indie stuff out there and I'm very lazy and I don't ever pursue it, even if it does sound right up my alley. But let me just tell you, The Legend of Ricky Thunder is right up my alley. I bought a copy from the gentleman and read it and thoroughly enjoyed it. It's an awesome, awesome book and you should definitely go to his site, check it out, track it down, do whatever you've got to do. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I've actually read it twice at this point. It's a really fun read, and regardless of your interest level in wrestling, uh, if you're interested in fun and hilarious storytelling and you know very easy to get into subject matter, you need to check it out. Uh, this guy was super nice. His banner is what drew my attention. We talk about that a little bit at the beginning, and we also talk about some stormtroopers who looked like they were about to bowl me over uh, as I squatted down to talk to this fella. You'll notice some some scratchy clickiness uh, at certain points during the interview. I apologize for that. I've run this thing through a couple of different editors, and I can't seem to get rid of those. Uh, just bear bear with me. Bear with us. And I think you'll enjoy our chat. We, we cover a pretty decent range of topics in a short amount of time. So, without further ado, here is Kyle Starks. It's entirely possible. I don't mess with those guys. Um, all right, I'm back here at Heroes Con 2013. I'm talking to Kyle Starks, who I had to stop and talk to because his banner features a luchador riding a shark, saving a baby. Uh, obviously, that is something I'm going to have to investigate. First of all, where did the image on this banner come from? I just made it up, man. Like I just thought, what would be a cool thing to put on a banner? A you nailed it. riding a shark, catching a baby. Uh, well, you, you got it. I think you won on that it, one. I think it hits all my points. <laughs> it's like the most heroic thing anyone could possibly do, to catch a baby falling out of the sky. And, and having to deal with a shark at the same time. I think time. they're friends. I mean, oh, are they pals? Yeah, yeah. I think they've done this before. Oh, this is their thing. I yeah, like that. Well, and, like Lucha Shark. And he's got a title, so he's clearly the champion of, of saving babies falling out of the sky. I think maybe he's also the champion and he saves people. I'm not for sure. Lucha Shark is still in the works, I That's guess. That's pretty great. I like that. You know what? I'm actually going to pretend that shark to and you just can't tell. Might as well. <laughs> you can't see the bottom. <laughs> not very well, anyway. I'm in the way. Um, so I see you've got the legend of Ricky Thunder here, which with this awesome cover of a sweated mulleting guy, uh, mulleted guy, with a uh, nice handlebar going on. What's up with that? Uh, legend of Ricky Thunder is my a web comic I did in 2010. It was the first comic I've done ever, and it's about a pro wrestler who realized who finds out that wrestling's fake, so his his entire reality crushes because he believed wrestling to absolutely be real, and therefore he was real. And as he's at this lowest point, there's an alien invasion, and because he's the world champion, he's obligated to defend the Earth against an alien invasion. That's fantastic, but you you lost me. Wrestling's not real in this fictional story. Oh, okay. It, it's all right. Real. Okay, I feel much yeah. better now. I can accept that. Uh, <laughs> when? How did you get started uh, do, doing the the drawing and the whatnot? Well, I think like pretty much everyone here, when I was young and I read comics in high school, I thought. Gosh darn it, I'll draw comics. But then I graduated high school, and I went to fine art school. Oh, wow. So I'm 36 now. I graduated when I was 22. All I did was drink for those years. I didn't <laughs> do comics. I, I, I used to work at a comic book store. Now I don't. Okay. But I had my first kid, 
And as I was having, I was doing an art, like a once a week art project where I did guinea pigs recreating movie scenes. Sure, why not? Just as an art project to keep myself interested. Yeah. And when I started to have my second kid, it became aware time will be less, opportunities will become fewer, and I wanted yeah. to do something. So I was like, well, I wanted to tell a full comic, and this is 162 pages. Uh, it ended up being 162 pages. Like, well, what would I do? What would what would, what am I interested in enough that I will finish? And right, times right. I want to Stay do for a wrestler. It. Yeah. So uh, so I did. And I finished it. And since then, I've done other things. I did another web comic, KyleStarks.com, uh, about uh, an adventure wizard. He goes on adventures. That's it. It's real simple stuff. What more do you need, really? Uh, there's a there's about half of the book is just a wizard duel. Like it's okay. just an entire wizard duel. So. <laughs> And then, like, I love it. So now I do comics a lot. Now I'm doing comic conventions and spreading the word as best I can. So It's funny how inspirational that the, the kids can be, because I've got a five-year-old myself, and right around when he was born is when I started writing and doing a website and doing podcasts, because I was uh, just something about that changes your perspective, I think. I feel like mortality becomes more... Yes. Yeah, it's like, th- eventually I will die and this person will be alone. Yeah. And it's like, oh, eventually I will die. It's like, well, what have I not done? I never made a comic book. Yeah. So I did it. And, and now it spurs like, you. I, I feel like it's just like, like I, did, I was a painting major. I painted for years and I drank a lot. Nothing really took on, you know, like I never really got passionate about anything. Right, yeah, and yeah. And like, for whatever reason, like I put out a lot of comics in the last two years and... It's that's, awesome. It's like, for me, it's like, it's what I like to do. I really enjoy it. Well, and it's it, to have that fulfilling thing that's, because I, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the greater portion of people in here still have the day job. Yes. And it's important, because nobody likes the day job. Not You've got to have... Some people might. Like, yeah, mine's really? Not, mine's not awful. I'd rather not work than work, but... But you're, you're winning, man. Believe me, if, yeah. if you're tolerating it even, oh, yeah. you're doing all right. Yeah. That's great. I'm super lucky though. Like I have, a, like I have time to draw on my work. So oh. I, it's a really good job. I'm a union job. So oh, nice, yeah. nice, so well it's, done. It's all nice. But yeah, like it allows me the opportunity to do stuff like this. So and as the, like I did a Kickstarter for Ricky Thunder. Okay, cool, cool. So all that stuff. I don't know. It's working out pretty well for me so far. I'm super pumped about it. Well, and that's, I, I would imagine that's like, uh, you know, aside from being inspired initially, just by the general, like, nerdy stuff you might like, it's got to be nice to have a little taste of like, okay, people are digging this, and it's, it's uh, you know, I've, I've gotten the ammunition to keep going and moving on. Yeah, I, I kind of did it in a vacuum because I didn't, my only intention was to fulfill one thing for myself, and like Comics Alliance picked it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Sims just found it. Like, uh-huh. I get, no doubt Googling wrestling webcomic. Right, right, right. And then, you know, people were like, hey, this is good. Whereas before, it's just like, this is just something I'm doing. So, like, that, yeah, it's super nice. It's, That's awesome. Yeah. I wish there was more wrestling fans, like, with the comics, because they're, they're so similar. It seems like it's a natural, like... Oh, it's total superhero. We like to watch huge characters fight. Right. I like to watch huge characters fight. Look, they're the same thing. We should all be hanging out together. Well, I, I think now, though, wrestling is kind of, to a certain extent, back in the closet. Oh, definitely. Because, you I know, know, it's... it's probably it's, wrestling's fault a little bit, so... Oh, yeah, totally is. But, I mean, it's, it's not like 1998, where everybody in the world yeah. would admit... Or yeah. 1985. Oh, yeah, same thing. I guess two, maybe two years from now, it'll be big again, but... That's, you know, I keep waiting for that. You know, it seems like it's time for the cycle to come back yeah. around. But I Chikara. guess we'll Well, yeah, and that's... I was at the Chikara show yeah. with Sims, and uh, which I didn't realize it at the time, because I, yeah. I followed his work for a while. Yeah. But that's... We don't care about that, because we're here to talk about The Legend of Ricky Thunder, which... Once again, where can we find you, Kyle Starks, online? At www.kylestarks.com. Awesome. It's been very cool talking to you, man. man. I appreciate it. Super good times. Thanks, man. um... Awesome. Thanks to Kyle Starks for uh, having that conversation. 
Next up is Hashim from Silver Panther Studios. I first met Hashim at uh, TimeGate this year. Uh, very cool guy that I didn't have much time to talk to because I was on my way to a panel when I stopped to chat with him originally. Uh, but I did catch up with him at HeroesCon, not even knowing that he was going to be there. Uh, I, I actually talked to a few people about doing uh, 13 questions for the site and it was nice to actually be able to sit down and talk with Hashim for a bit. Uh, I noticed that the clicky scratchy is back and that it's all me. So I don't know if it's my overly loud voice or what the deal is, but it's there. It's it's not horrible, but it's driving me fucking crazy, obviously, because I don't want to hear that stuff in my podcast. I'm sure you don't want to hear that stuff in my podcast, but what are you going to do? No amount of editing. I've tried several different tricks and nothing is eliminating it, so... It's there, whatever. Uh, let's move on and talk to Hashim. All right, I'm back with Hashim of Silver Panther. What is going on, man? I'm just hanging out here at um, Heroes Con. And uh, we're basically just doing uh, commission work, paintings, and just selling some of our prints. Now, I first ran into you at TimeGate, which yes. was... A little different scale from Heroes. By far. <laughs> it, it was about the fingernail size of this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, Still a good show, though. Yeah, yeah, totally fun show. I, fun I, show. I dig, like, you know, laid-back stuff is cool, but this this is big this year, man. By far, yes. Um, and you, you've got tons of stuff. You get a lot of prints here available. Um, how long you been working? Um... Well, as for doing what I'm doing now, at least with Silver Panther, we've been doing this for about three years. Um, primarily, we just did um, this art for commission work mm-hmm. in general, uh, or any kind of open submissions that that a dealer would need to take. Okay, cool. We cool. fulfill that need, but we are uh, have gotten together with some writers locally in the Atlanta area and um, looking to produce a book by the end of the year of some sort, be it an anthology or just a comic in general. Oh, very cool, very cool. Get it out there and, yes. and show your stuff off. That's yes. awesome. Um, now, I think both times I talked to you, you were in that Green Lantern shirt, so I think oh. there's that's a pretty good pretty good <laughs> indication of where you're uh, Oh, and there you go. We have yeah. a Star Sapphire as well. So we, we've got a pretty good indication of, of one of your, your nerd preferences. What other kind of stuff are you personally into? Uh, by, uh, you know, I, I've mostly come up on uh, sci-fi, um, as you saw at the Doctor Who convention. Right, right. I was actually inspired to do that piece over there. Oh, um, nice. Very nice. For, for the current Doctor. Can't wait to see who they choose for the new one. I know. Can you believe that, man? <laughs> and they announced that right after TimeGate, too. Like, how big would that have been and if, it, if it had been, you oh, know... Most people would have lost their minds. Oh, my gosh. Now, what do you... Here, Here's my personal... I love Matt Smith. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Stephen Moffat. You know, he had some great episodes, and I can see how he was chosen to um, basically run the, the ship. Sure, sure. Um, and I know one of his best episodes that they did... I want to say it was it was the uh, girl in the fireplace mm-hmm. was yeah. one of his. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the first ones, ones he did. And um, the one with um, Nightingale. Yeah. But where they first introduced the the weeping angels. Yeah. Oh my lord! I didn't think that. I knew that was going to be something. I didn't think it was going to be that big. But. He's. I mean, he's got some chops and he knows how to run a show. But I really would have liked to see Matt Smith have an opportunity to work with their showrunner. Right. Just to see, you know, have a different tone for him to work with. By far. But I'm I'm stoked to to see who they're going to do next year. Um, 
What kind of mediums, as far as your art goes, what kind of mediums do you typically work in? Primarily, I work in uh, watercolor. Okay. Um, pen and ink, watercolor, sketches. Uh, some of these are just all straight digital. Just drew them out and oh, nice. that way. But Very cool. Um, basically, I mean, I'll do anything anybody's asking for. I uh, went to school for this, and actually, I originally went to school for sculpture. And it oh, just, wow. I had a really bad experience at it, so oh, I no. turned to drawing and haven't looked back. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. I might get back until later on. We'll see. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, but this is, I mean, this is something that's very marketable. You can definitely get a name. I, I, I would think much more easily right. doing, you know, drawing and painting and whatnot than, you know, sculpture. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a tricky business to mess around with. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's um, it's a very niche market. Right. Um, and it's one of those those markets where you're making either nothing, and then one day when somebody or everybody finally realizes you're genius, you're you're in. Right. You're right. Golden. Right. Well, and as far as mass distribution, yes. it's a lot easier to put a print out there than it is <laughs> a copy right. of the sculpture. Right. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, SilverPantherStudios.com. Okay. Um, currently, we're running that as our main blog, and we put all of our uh, art on there, mostly my art. Okay. Um, but we are going to be repurposing the actual website and going to sell some more stuff very soon. It, it so. seems like any website, there's like a constant repurposing process. Yes, yes. It's never like, okay, this is it. We're good for the next 20 years. Well, awesome. Uh, it's been cool talking to you, man. Thank and you I much. look forward to seeing you at the next con. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Very cool. Thanks, Hashim, for that. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, I'll be able to have him on a future podcast. Uh, I like working with local fellas when I can, and I'd like to see more out of him. I'm very curious to see what uh, Silver Panther is going to be publishing, whether it's an anthology or, or something working with some other creators. That's going to be very cool. Next up, uh, I got kind of a, a surprise, uh, kind of like it was with Kyle Starks. I walked by and this fella had a book with a luchador drop kicking somebody right in the mush. And it was, it was obviously something I had to check out. So I stopped to talk to the guy and it turned out it was Jim rug, uh, who is, uh, had a, had a career, you know, he's been around for a little while, you know, not since like the eighties the or anything like that, but I mean, he's, he's, he's got a decade plus under his belt. Uh, he's, he's pretty well known, uh, aphrodisiac and street angel were two titles that I was familiar with. Not that I've read, but I, I was familiar with, uh, he did the art on the, uh, first guild, uh, limited series from dark horse. And just it is kind of one of those known guys. Like if you're online on comics Alliance or, or any of the comic book websites, you've seen his name and seen his art. Uh, so, so I knew his name. So when I stopped and, I was like, "Hey, how's it going? You're, you know, you're this this cover is awesome. Uh, just wanted to let you know. And would you mind talking for a little bit about what this is and what's inside? Oh, sure. You know, he he was really cool, very pleasant. And uh, you know, that's that's it's a tough thing. He didn't have a name thing up, uh, and his name wasn't readily apparent on any of his works. So it's you know kind of awkward." to ask some dude so who are you anyway but but i did it because what else was i going to do at that point and i was like you know I, I even took a business card and it was just a sticker uh for one of his studios so and i was like so uh, who are you and he's like jim rugg and immediately i i knew the name uh aphrodisiac kind of popped into my head street angel didn't uh 
come in there until we started talking. But it was kind of wild to to realize, oh, this is like this is, this is a name. This is some some dude that uh, I, I'm familiar with. But we had a really good conversation. Uh, interesting talking about his techniques and and what he's been doing and everything else. Uh, really really nice pleasant fellow. And uh, so here it is, Jim Rugg. Check it out. All right, Phantom Troublemaker here uh, at day two of Heroes Con 2013. I'm sitting here with Jim Rugg, who caught my eye with his flashy and attractive super mag. Um, tell me a little bit about that cover. How, how did that come about? Because that caught my eye, man. Well, uh, Super Mag is a magazine. It's a one-man anthology in a magazine format, and it goes back to when I was a kid. I loved wrestling magazines. Right. And the idea of the front cover is a guy being drop-kicked in the face. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a pretty catchy image. And, <laughs> yeah, it definitely um, is. You know, the, the masked wrestlers, I think, are just very iconic and mm-hmm. visually attractive, and so it made sense to me as a cover. I wanted an eye-catching cover, and I'm glad to hear it worked. Yeah, it totally worked. I, I mean, there's no way I could pass right by that. What about the inside? What do you got going on in there? The inside's a collection of my artwork and comics and design, and it's in a magazine format. So the beginning pages look like advertisements, basically covers and things that I've done in, you know, standalone work. Right. As you get into the contents of the magazine, it opens up into what are like columns, very short one- or two-page comic strips, and then into features, so like six- or eight-page, you know, longer work. Oh, Basically nice. the format of a magazine, but it's I work in a variety of styles, so it's a lot of short stories, short comics, standalone drawings. Very cool. So it's it's almost like a, a sort of con book to exhibit your work, except you've organized it into a, a, a format. I, I in a in a mo- moment of crassness, I would call it an elaborate business card. <laughs> but you know, it's <laughs> like a awesome portfolio though. piece, really. I mean, is you know, it's a it's a collection of. The fa- a lot of my favorite work over the last couple of years and, and recent work. So it's kind of like a portfolio or a one-man anthology. Right, right. Well, it's, it's. I mean, like I said, it catches the eye, and it's definitely, I think that's a, a neater format than just here's a bunch of sketches, which, granted, everybody loves here's a bunch of sketches, but it's cool that you've actually put it together into something. You, you've got a little gimmick to it, which also goes along with the wrestling thing. I like, I, I do a lot of work in graphic design, and I like production value, and especially if you're going to do printed matter, I feel like you have to put some effort into that pro, you know, the, the actual finished printed book. Right. And I work with Ad House Books, who's also comes from a design background. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of us wanting to try projects. You know, like I said, it's a magazine format because in the 90s, I loved magazine design. Yeah. And it's my chance to do a magazine, you know, which I probably won't ever get a chance to do again. You know, magazines sure, sure. aren't yeah, popular like they they're once totally once were. So. Well, and it's interesting to, to pick up that format. And this, this could easily be something that would pick up like this because I mean now you know you've got and, and this is obviously a little, a little more ambitious of a project but you've got a lot of zines kind of making a comeback now you go online and guys are just putting together pub- self-publishing just little fanzines and stuff like that's coming back around I personally do a lot of zines yeah. you know this is a bigger a bigger project this is offset right. printed you know we, we did thousands of these but I do a number of zines I have two zines I'm working on uh, right now so you know I enjoy that. I enjoy making books. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I often describe myself as a as a zine maker or a bookmaker. Uh, this is just a little bit more elaborate than some right. of the photocopied zines right, that I right. do. Well, and the zine is more impressive. Like, you know, it's one thing. Anybody can sit down and, and start up a website or a blog or whatever and put their stuff out there, whether it's, you know, a little, little bit of cartoon work or writing or whatever. But to actually put the zine together, that's, that's like kind of an admirable thing to have an, a product. Sure. Or, I think or an obsolete skill set, you know, well, coming from a print. <laughs> but it's not because I, I think 
we're, we're almost starting to come back around now to the point where people want something in their hand. Yes. Uh, because everything's digital now, and while that's handy, I personally, I like having a thing in my hand. I'd rather have, boy, that sounded great, didn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I, but I like Spoken having... like a true man. Yeah, right, right. Um, but I, I mean, I like having something. I like having CD art. I like having a comic to flip through, you know, stuff like that. Um, how'd you get started? Where where'd you, where do you come from? Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh. I've been doing this for, I started in 2000, and, you know, I just grew up. I always wanted to make comics. And in 2000, I started self-publishing and doing my own comics and started making mini-comics, which are like zines in a way. Right. And it just it just developed from there. I, I did a mini-comic called Street Angel. Okay. It was then published by Slave Labor Graphics, you know, and distributed nationally. And, and that was kind of the beginning. And I've been making comics ever since. What kind of, have you got like kind of mixed mediums you work in? Do you tend to prefer traditional stuff or are you using digital now? I use everything. I yeah. use digital extensively. I also, uh, I display art in galleries. I, I work with ballpoint pens on notebook paper and have had a really good response to that. Oh, wow. I work with traditional pen and ink and brush. Um, so I, I just like drawing and I like doing different things. So I work in a ton of media. So you're really down with kind of like, this sounds interesting to me. I'm going to give it a try and see what it looks like. Exactly. Like, we live in an era now where you can teach yourself to do anything with, like, a Google search. Right, so, right. like, I get an idea that I want to explore. I see a piece that's inspirational, and it's like, how is this done? Yeah, you know, and yeah. then you're off and running and trial and error and hopefully having fun, you know? Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is if somebody is having fun, you can totally tell by what they're doing. Like, it's one thing to just have, you know, here's a bunch of my art, but when you've got a lot going on, you've got a lot of good ideas, and you're into it, it comes through in the work. I think that's true. I love enthusiasm. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite qualities in anything, in filmmaking and in comic making. I want to get that sense of, like, this is what the person wants to do more than anything else. Yes. There's something about that. There's an energy that... I respond to. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Um, Super Mag looks awesome. I'm going to pick up a copy right now, actually. Where can we find you online? Uh, Jimrug.com. Easy enough. I also do a podcast on boingboing.net called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Okay. Because I listen to podcasts while I work, and eventually it was like, how do you make this? This thing I enjoy. That's exactly what happened with me. I've got a long drive into work, so I started checking out podcasts, and I was like, wow, okay, I want to do this now, and it's something anybody can. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks a lot, Jim. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. Hey, so that was a good one, right? Wow. I went in having no idea that I was going to end up talking to that guy and uh, had a really cool conversation with uh, Jim Rugg. How awesome was that? So cool stuff. Check out Super Mag. Uh, Check out Aphrodisiac. Check out everything. Check out his website. Uh, very nice, uh, kind, easy to talk to guy. And speaking of kind, easy to talk to guys, uh, here's my final interview from Heroes Con. You know, I would have liked to have more, but at the same time, uh, it was kind of honestly stressful and exhausting trying to get the ones I had just because I'd never done anything like this before. Uh, I mean, it was awesome. I don't, I don't want it to sound like it was difficult or a burden or anything like that, but just the idea of going up to these people who were almost all complete strangers and asking them to give me some of their time, you know, the big masked freak that I am, you know, it it took a little bit of a toll on me. I'm not going to lie. I'll be much better prepared to do it next time I do it. But, 
you know, it, it was uh, it was something. I, I'm not generally somebody who asks people for stuff, and I was definitely asking these people for for something, and they all uh, provided uh, easily and and in a fun way. So here's the last one. This is Jamie Cosley, who is a family favorite of ours. I tell him that he was our destination, and he was. He was the first guy we wanted to be sure and get to, and we got some awesome sketches from him. I'll have them up on the site. Uh, you can check them out at needlessthingssite.com. Uh, some really cool stuff. And here he is, Jamie Cosley, uh, definitely one of our favorite cartoonists and a heck of a nice guy. Phantom Troublemaker here, day two of Heroes Con 2013, and I am now sitting down with Jamie Cosley. Uh, Cody the Cavalier is uh, sitting right here in front of me, but we know your work from several years ago. We got some of our favorite sketches from you. Uh, we got Finn and Jake with Batman, awesome. uh, which which hangs proudly in a little Troublemaker's room. Uh, how did you get started with the cartooning, man? And and what like who inspired you to be doing this? Oh, gosh. There's so many. Uh, definitely um, raised on Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Bugs Bunny. Um, love the books of by Richard Scarry. Um, and then so many, uh, so many friends. Uh, Art Balthazar, Todd Webb. Um, of course, Art, he does Tiny Titans and right, right. Superman Family Adventures. Um, and then... Um, just a steady diet of, of uh, underground comics. When I was a kid, I, I got um, all the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back when they weren't cute. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, that that was that was a revelation for me. That was how I discovered kind of the independent press was because you know the the animated Ninja Turtles came around, but then I found the Mirage comics. Yeah. You know those collections. Oh my gosh, those are mind blowing. Those are rugged. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And the artwork—I mean, it was—it was definitely. Um, uh, I mean, of course, obviously, I love—I love all ages and, and uh, support, you know, as best I can. But it was—it was a real shock to see the the grim, gritty turtles turn into the cute, smiley, pizza-loving. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but and kudos to those guys because, you know, I—I I, I think if I remember the story correctly, they took a, um, a check they got from tax refund and. And made that book, and then now they're like multimillionaires. Yeah, that's from what I understand. It was all. I mean, yeah, back then there was no Kickstarter or anything no. like that. It, it was all me starter. Like that was it. You put your own money into it and and had to make a go of it. And it's unbelievable. I mean, even now with the new Ninja Turtles cartoon, which yeah. is I don't know. Have you had a chance to check that one out? Oh yeah, yet? the kids, the kids and I watched that one. Yeah, yeah, Pretty we've sweet. we've thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, so what uh, what kind of drives you? I mean, you, we see you here every year we've been here. Um, I think you've been down to DragonCon a couple of times too, right? No, I haven't actually made it to DragonCon. I have oh, okay, been to, okay. Uh, I've been to Baltimore Comic Con. I've been to Chicago. Um, I don't do a, a whole lot of shows, um, but this is one that I that I can't miss. Right, because right. Because it's such a great family show. Um, yeah, I started uh, in, in 1998, and I went to my first con, which was Pittsburgh Comic Con. Oh, wow. And I uh, met a bunch of guys, and um, and it's it's only been the last four years that I've been able to make the transition to doing it at least uh, 
I call it part-time, full-time. Right. Because my other job is I I, uh, I sing and play guitar at, at a church back home. Oh wow. And so I you know lead lead the music and and uh, I do that on Sunday and then Monday through Friday I get up put on my pajamas and I draw children's books uh, <laughs> and so that's where the, uh, the bulk of my income is is children's books it's it's illustrating other authors right right um, and then of course Cody's my baby so yeah I try to push that as often as I can as well well I think one, one of my favorite things about the cartooning style is that it can kind of lend itself to, to any storytelling. Uh, but you, you had mentioned uh, Heroes Con being family friendly, and that to me is kind of one of the most important things, and that, that's why I bring up Dragon Con because that's that's a different creature. We, yeah. you know, we, we don't bring a little troublemaker down there, uh, but we can all come to this one as a family. And as far as entertainment goes, too, I really like it when something can be smart enough for everybody to enjoy but also family friendly like obviously Pixar are kind of oh, the yeah. kings of that yeah um, but it, it's it's nice when you can entertain everybody and and not alienate anybody and not you know I, I like to know I can sit down and read a comic and I don't have to I don't have to read it before I sit down with my son to read it right right I don't exactly. have to proofread it which I think it's a shame now that the big companies and like some of the superhero stuff, you, you have no idea what's going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, and chances are, you know, a Batman comic or a Superman comic are not going to be appropriate yeah. for a kid. I, I think that's a shame. And even some of the cartoons, you know, we we excitedly picked up a couple of the, you know, Green Lantern, and Superman, and Wonder Woman. I think was one, that, and it was. Uh, you know, the, the language was pretty rough. Oh, there was a yeah. a lot more gore than I expected. And, then, you know, Tyler was much younger then, so I was like, all right, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> right, yeah, and that's that's the thing is, like, uh, the, the direct-to-DVD releases that, that DC has been doing are pretty rough yeah. in some cases and th- those are those are ones I've, I've got a screen first now yeah. and I, I learned that lesson unfortunately by uh, Superman Doomsday yeah that one was really rough and now I know I've got to watch them first yeah but even their televised stuff sometimes kind of gets a little questionable like even the stuff on Cartoon Network or whatever and I you know I, I love it like Batman Brave and the Bold yeah that that's one of the best things that's been done in recent memory by DC I, I love that that was that that was again that cleverness that everybody could enjoy but they never got blue in any way it was all straight up fun stuff yeah that's a good one I like that one. Um, so with the cons and the traveling and whatever uh, is, is it cool do you do you really get an opportunity to kind of take a look at where you are or is it more of a well I'm going to do business and you know this is it from my weekend or I definitely get uh, I get very very anxious because um, I try to set goals for myself as far right. as um, and, and it's it's been a huge blessing because you know you know you guys uh, came here and remembered the uh, the Scooby and so we were able to make that connection and then there's a lot of other families and they're like this is the guy that's going to draw for my kid and that's to me that's that's the highest honor because hopefully they're going to grow up and still love comics yes and, yes. and, and want to be a part of that community because there are some just some super friendly artists here go ahead and uh, where did you get that I was, I was looking through the dollar kids comics and i found it you're kidding no this is 
I did this. What back have we in, got? This is Bug Nut. I did this back in 1998. Oh wow! This is like one of my first books ever. That's awesome. <laughs> and we had, I mean, this was such a limited press run. That's why I'm freaking out. I can't. I mean, when well, I, I see I it says Comic Cosley Studios, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> wow. I think we ended up printing like 125 of these. I got it for a dollar. Oh my gosh! That, that that's a awesome. good find, sir. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and this is my boy. This is Tyler. I saw you oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I didn't even realize that because, you know, we saw you three, four years ago, I think, something like that. And yeah. I, you were sitting over there and I didn't even realize it was How's you. Going? Good, sir. How are you? Pretty good. You are? Jamie Costley. Okay. He's famous. You, you are familiar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so please, please feel free to, to yeah, look check around. Yeah, out everything yeah. here. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you get back to it. Thanks, uh, man. Thanks for talking. Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it very much. And and you are the man. You are our destination. As soon as we got here, we were like, we've got to go see Jamie Cosley. <laughs> and uh, and then you know after that, everything else can follow. So well, it's a pleasure seeing you again, man. You made my weekend. Thank oh, you. You made ours. Believe. <laughs> And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, that's pretty much Heroes Con. Uh, I, the rest of the con, we had a great time. We all spent a good amount of money, although I actually ended up coming home with some money left over. So that was pretty awesome. That's a, that's a first for me, so that'll go right into the Dragon Con budget. Uh, we were fairly conservative. It helped that... They're just, you know, I'm I'm in a good, pretty good place toy wise, so that's pretty awesome. No new Doctor Who stuff was there. Uh, nobody had the Batman '66 figures already, so that was a relief because I'm pretty sure I couldn't have resisted uh, if I'd seen those in person. Uh, but it was just an awesome, amazing time. And what kind of con report would this be if I wasn't joined by the ESO Network's uh, Mike Gordon and then Bobby Nash, award-winning Bobby Nash as well? Uh, we sat down with those guys on Saturday. They showed up, and we took a few minutes to sit down and talk about Heroes Con just a little bit. And I honestly wasn't sure what I was doing with this audio when I took it. Uh, I wasn't sure if it would be confiscated by Director Faber for use on an actual Earth Station One podcast or if I'd be using it on my own podcast. I wish I'd been able to get around to this thing a little bit sooner, but as I mentioned at the the beginning of the program, uh, that just wasn't happening. So finally, here it is. Uh, Bobby and Mike, thanks for sitting down with me and enriching my little podcast here. Uh, here's here's our sort of, I guess it's not really a wrap-up because we did it on site, but just kind of some thoughts and impressions of Heroes Con and, and what an awesome event it is. Uh, here you go. Hey, Phantom Maniacs and ESO Kateers. <laughs> uh, Phantom Troublemaker here with Mike Gordon and Bobby Nash live at Heroes Con 2013. Uh, it's day two. It is Saturday, and we've been here uh, having a blast. I actually arrived with the Troublemaker family Thursday night. Uh, maybe had a few adult beverages Thursday evening and then uh, well, Friday. Hmm? A little hazy? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I don't know what was going on. And then Friday, got up bright and early and hit the con. Uh, yesterday was pretty awesome. Not as many costumes, 
but it was even more laid back. You could really get around and talk to all the artists and stuff. That, that's actually when I did most of my interviews and stuff. But uh, how are you guys doing so far? You just got in this morning. Just got in this morning, and uh, it's amazing. I love this show. It's a. Uh it's astounding to me how much bigger it is this year. I mean, Sheldon told me earlier, like a month ago, that he was opening it up and it was going to be about twice the size. And of course, I heard some of the other press releases that it had gotten bigger. But it wasn't until I actually got down the escalator yeah. through the doors and I was like, wow, it We're, is huge. And it, yeah. and it doesn't feel like empty. I mean, it is packed here. Yeah, well, it's like, where did the rest of the space come from? Because <laughs> last time we were here was two years ago. And uh, I feel like the room was literally half this size. Like, I don't know if they can block it off or something. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Okay. I think they can. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, they was... had some sort of, like, auto DJ show or something mm-hmm. like a couple okay, years ago. Okay, okay. So, but they, but yeah, they, they, I think Sheldon has shown that he can, he can fill the open area. Yeah. And it's all comics. Yeah. It's not all like, comics. it's not like a lot of shows, and nothing wrong with those shows, but it's, there's a little comics here, there's a little sci-fi there, there's a little, you know, whatever. This is all comics. All yeah. that is, that's awesome. Yes. All creators, artists, writers, publishers, uh, booksellers, dealers, dealers yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's great. I mean, I, I've only gotten like through half my list already, and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to make it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm make what's, the rounds. It's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't even make it across the entire floor yet, so. <laughs> it would just drag you all the way back to the start. <laughs> to the where I this. started, yeah. Right, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome because you have the whole spectrum here. You, you've got everybody from indie guys like Jamie Cosley, uh, who've been just cartooning for years and, and you know, has, has a presence, to, you know, top-tier guys like Greg Rucka, Jason Aaron, um, some of the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Like, you've got every every step of the, the industry, I guess, is represented here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, and that's a credit to, you know, Sheldon's been doing this show for, what, 30 years? So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He just gets the, the people that he loves, you know, whether they're doing mainstream stuff or whether they're doing their own thing and uh, puts together a great comic party. Basically, it's a celebration mm-hmm. of comics and all kinds. I've been set up here the last couple years, and I, you know, it's a fun show to set up at. I wish I was set up at this one because, man, there's a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, everybody seems to be doing really well, and everybody's been super nice. All the creators that I've talked to, they have time for every single person in line. Um, it's just that uh, the fans have been very pleasant. The creators have been very pleasant. Uh, even the hotel, the Westin, I've, I've got to give a shout out to the Westin for aside from uh, their ridiculously tiny ice bucket <laughs> and their terrible TV reception, everything else has been fantastic with those guys. They they've really handled everything well, and I mean clearly, you know, and and that that's the thing. Not only are the nerds out in force, but the there's a GOP convention mm-hmm. going on at the same time, and uh, I've spoken to some of those guys too, and they've actually been really cool. Uh, much much preferable to the Jockos that tend to hang out at Dragon Con. <laughs> Plus, being being right across the street from the NASCAR museum, there's a lot of traffic for that. And I have noticed in that there are people that, that kind of cross over from both because there's a big giant sign outside that lets you know there's a convention here. Yeah. yeah. And I have noticed that there's a little bit of crossover because people are just in Charlotte for the day. And it's not that expensive to get in here. Yeah, that, I, that's this has got walk-in appeal that uh, I think maybe some other cons don't. Right. This yes. is one where you feel like you're... Well, one, like you said, there's an immense light-up sign advertising it. Oh, yeah. We, we, we noticed it when we got off the off the interstate. Yeah, and we're that's like, new. Whoa, that's new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's a, it's a, there's a nice there's a nice family feel 
lot of kids here. A lot of kids here. I love that. Seeing the kids. A lot of kids dressed up. A lot aren't. But, you know, the kids are here. They're having a good time. They're, you know, people, you know, there's there, there are people that are here that are grandparents. They're, I mean, it's it's the whole spectrum. It's not just get garnered to one one general. It's just people who love good comic stories. Yeah. And I mean, that's awesome. And that's, and, you know, again, it's credit to Sheldon. Because not only has he made sure that this show is good for the community, the Charlotte community, but also the comic community. So, I mean, that's why everybody in the industry loves this show and will, uh, you know, comes to this show if they can. And now that he's got room for everybody, uh, I can't only imagine it's going to get bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah, and I, I think there is there, there's that value there, that comic-focused value that I, I don't see going away. This won't turn into, uh, as, as some of the creators that I've spoken to, say with a derisive tone and media show yeah. <laughs> well, right because if you look at it, there's a lot of shows that call themselves comic cons mm. and the comics are such a tiny part of it yeah that is that is the exact opposite of what you've got here if you're a comic fan there is something in this room for you that's right that's right absolutely and that family-friendly atmosphere is is very it, it kind of permeates everything because if you, if you look at the materials online or whatever they do make a point of saying this is a family show uh, if we find you to have or be presenting objectionable material, we will eject you, uh, which I like. As a matter of fact, it's uh, earlier I, I had a little bit of a situation, and my normal reaction would have been to turn around and say, go take care of yourselves. But I didn't say anything. I just did as I was yelled at and <laughs> carried on. So, you know, that, that kind of, I, I think that gets across to, to everybody. And you don't mind having little troublemaker here either. No, I, well, the, yeah, we, we will not be bringing him. Uh, he went, <coughs> edit. Um <laughs> He went to Dragon Con when he was too young to kind of get some of the naughtier things going on there. Uh, and he, he won't be back till he's 18. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Heroes Con... He's sitting there going, oh, man! <laughs> Heroes Con is, is fine. I mean, that's definitely... Yeah, he's sitting right here behind us looking at all the costumes and stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, this is it's, it's all just fun. There's no... There's no point here where you get that kind of wary feeling of, okay, is this enough of this sort of thing? Do I really? Uh, it's all just fun. Mm. Yeah, you can spend the whole day in here and not see everything. Because, yeah, as you guys mentioned, it is double the size it used to be. And, but, but you know what? It's packed. All the aisles have people on them. You know, there's a nice crowd. But even as busy as it is, it's still a laid-back enough show that if you go up to an artist or at any table... You're not, it's, you know, sometimes you get shows that are so busy, it's sign, sign, go, sign, right, sign, go. Right. Here, how you doing? Thanks for stopping by. You want to talk about it? You know, whatever. There's there's a lot more of that laid back feel here, which, you know, as a fan, going around walking around talking to people, that's awesome. I was yeah. really surprised by uh, Amanda Connor was, was one of my, like, designated guests that I, I had to get to. And she had a, an immense line when I walked up, and I, you know, I waited, I did my thing, and I was really surprised that she was taking the time to talk to everybody. Um, once I got up there, I, I wasn't gonna monopolize her time because I don't like doing that. I, I like to hand them my thing, tell them I love them, and move on. But she was just, you know, she was very engaging, very sweet, and everybody has been that way. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's just there's there's that feeling that everybody's here for the same thing mm-hmm. and it's a good time plus uh, I'd, I'd like to point out this will be a handy tip for next year uh, beer is only one dollar more than water so keep that in mind and they are selling beer in the concession stand on the con floor that is correct you don't have to uh, pay hotel prices for beer you have to pay like eh, bar prices for beer <laughs> <laughs> well, we're uh, we're getting ready to hit the road here because we've had a productive two days, and honestly, I still don't feel like we've seen everything. But we've we've done as much as I can handle. This, <laughs> these old bones are growing weary, and there's a long drive ahead. Um, but you guys are going to spend the rest of the day here. Have you got any uh, points of interest? Any specific things you want to hit? I just want to try to make it through the rest of this floor before yeah. my feet fall. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that, that's a challenge I, I didn't think I would have. I thought, okay, one day, yeah, we can do Heroes in one day, just go around seeing everybody. Now, when I got here, I'm like, one day? I'm like, I don't know if, it, you know, six hours is enough. Yeah. yeah. I've about made it through half the room. We've been here several hours. Um, I've, I've it, you know, not having a table, but when you have a table, it's just a very different feel. You're working, you, you don't really get to go out and see people. And I've spent the day just walking the floor, catching up with people I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And that's been wonderful because I'm not, I'm not, you know, well, usually it's I'm talking, but I've got an eye in the direction of my table going, I gotta go, I gotta. Right, go. right, right. And here it's, you know, I can hang out, I can chat, and which is probably why I've only made it half the room in the several <laughs> hours I've been here. So yeah, so yes, I've, I've over the years I have gotten to know a lot of people. <laughs> Well, awesome. I, th- I think we can all say that this year Heroes Con is is bigger and better than yes. it's ever been. Yep. Uh, I, and next year, I, I don't know that we'll do three days, but we're at least going to do two full ones as opposed to leaving on Saturday like we're doing now because there, there's too much. And I'm, I'm sure next year's going to be even bigger. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's and if you're a comics fan, and I mean it's it's one it's definitely one you should check out. Um, if you're yeah, if you know I don't. And I mean, there's an airport nearby, so if you're not close, you can still fly in. It's not that bad. And it's right off the highway yeah. too. And compared to a lot of shows, it's it's incredibly cheaper yeah. than like a, doing a New York show or you know. Yeah. So and there's not a lot of strictly comic shows out there. So this is certainly one of one of a in a, in a select you know group. It's one of the best. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. All right, well, I think we're good. Uh, This is Phantom Troublemaker here with... Howdy, Mike. And And Bobby Nash. (laughs) I almost said the award-winning Bobby Nash. I I swear. I almost said. Awesome. Uh, I miss Mike and Bobby. I haven't done a podcast with them in a few weeks now, and it's it's bumming me out. I need to talk to those guys and Director Faber and, and get back on and do my thing. But uh, I'm glad I got to sit down with them at Heroes Con, and it provided a nice little uh, kind of ending point for the podcast. And, and certainly, you know, those guys are always entertaining and, and charming and everything else. Uh, it was a nice time. Now on to a bit of business that I kind of promised and feel like I have to to fulfill. Uh, here's the deal with Chris Sims, the the Chris Sims situation, which probably isn't a situation to anybody but me, but it's a thing that happened. Uh, I felt pretty certain I was going to be able to sit down and get an interview with Chris Sims. Uh, after seeing Chikara with him, like I mentioned with Kyle Starks, 
uh, and, and realizing later, oh, that was Chris Sims. Uh, and having a brief exchange on Twitter, just, uh, you know, two tweets basically, but I, I thought it would be easy enough to sit down with the guy and talk to him for a few minutes at the very least, you know, get get his uh, talk to him with about the Nolan Batman stuff. And once I finally tracked him down, uh, he was standing in front of, I, I don't know that it was the Comics Alliance table, but it, you know, it was a table with him and, and some of his cohorts, I guess. And uh, I, he recognized me. And I said, hey, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time right now, but I was just wondering if at some point this weekend I could sit down with you, just chat real briefly, uh, five, ten minutes, you know, just uh, for my podcast. Thought that would be cool. And he was like, oh, well, we're getting ready to get up and go walk around the floor. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got this this lady here is going to run the table while I get to go look around some. But, uh, you know, if you want to talk about wrestling then Josh here is, is really the guy you want to talk to. And I was like, well, no, I mean, I, you know, I just wanted to chat real quick about whatever. I didn't have a specific topic. And the Josh fellow looked at me and he's like, well, no, but I mean, if you want to talk about comics or whatever, then Chris is your guy to talk to. And I, I'll be honest, you know, maybe this was just me, uh, and, and my, you know, kind of reactionary, uh, personality or, or whatever you want to call it. But I felt like I was getting the brush off and you know I don't need that. I've I've got I, I've been talking to creators you know all weekend. You know at this point I, I had done three of my interviews I think and I was pretty comfortable and everybody had been very cool with just really quick chatting for five minutes or so. And you know I, I love Sims' work and I'm definitely a fan of the guy, but I'm I'm not going to jump through hoops to talk to a guy who talks about creators. I want to talk to creators. So I said, okay, well, cool. I'll talk to you guys later. And I went on my way. You know, I, I don't know if I perceived that wrong, uh, if, if I'm putting more into it than there was. But, you know, whatever. I, I don't uh, – I, I, I can move along. I've got other things to do. And, and I immediately at that point went around the corner and ended up talking to Kyle Starks. And the whole time I was talking to Kyle Starks, I couldn't help but notice Sims at his table uh, hanging out, not having gone anywhere. And like I said, I don't know the whole situation. Uh, I, I could be reading it entirely wrong, but I totally felt brushed off. And that's fine. You know, I, I don't expect, you know, nobody's obligated to talk to me uh, by any means. If you don't want to, you don't want to. And, and, I, you know, if I was approached and I didn't feel like talking to somebody, I'd probably take a similar tactic so you know that's fine whatever but it was it was a little uncomfortable and it was really weird because out of all the people i'd expected to talk to that weekend he was the last one that i thought i'd i'd get anything like that from but it is what it is and i moved on and had a great weekend anyway but i do have one other uh little adventure to share with you guys this one uh really reflects kind of poorly on me i guess but, you know, what are you going to do? I, I'm not used to... Well, hey, okay, here's what happened. On Saturday, uh, I was wearing the purple Phantom Troublemaker speed suit, and uh, I had my, my bestest mask on. And at 2 p.m., they do this thing that's a yearly tradition where everybody that's in their superhero costumes or, or costumes or whatever, 
uh, go outside on the big steps outside of the convention center and all get their pictures taken together and, and people stand around at the bottom and snap pictures and, and do whatever, do their thing. And I wanted to get pictures of that because Little Pond was out there in her Batwoman costume, which is fantastic. And uh, DJ Spider was there uh, in her Dazzler costume, which I, I never actually saw in person. And I'll get to why in a minute. But I'd never seen this before. As a matter of fact, outside of the parade, I'd never seen this kind of gathering even at Dragon Con before. So I wanted to get some cool pictures, and I just thought it would be a neat thing to kind of cap off uh, the event before we left to head off to my parents. So... Uh, right after 2 p.m., I'm like, oh, gosh, that's right. we got to get outside to catch the superheroes on the steps. So we went outside, and uh, and this was actually before I talked to Bobby and Mike. We went outside, and there they are. They're, you know, I get a couple of pictures, and then some lady turns around and says, hey, why aren't you up there? And I was like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a superhero. I'm, I'm a dork in a mask. And she's like, no, you should get up there. I was like, should I get up there? And she's like, yeah, go, go ahead. And, you know, a couple other people were like, yeah, get over there. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'll go over there. And as, as I'm dropping my bag off, um, I notice a couple of Spider-Mans in front. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, how... Because my immediate thought uh, going into any situation is how intentionally... And keep in mind, intent two things. Keep in mind, I want to be intentionally foolish... And I've never seen or certainly participated in anything like this before. Uh, and, and you wouldn't think it would be a big deal, but me being the way that I am, everything ends up being a big deal in some way. So I look and I see a couple of Spider-Mans squatting down in Spider-Manly poses in front of the crowd. And I'm like, okay, probably the stupidest thing that I can do is go and try and do a Spider-Man pose. My, my bulky six foot four, 37 year old body trying to crouch down into Spider-Man-ish poses uh, is is going to be silly, and that'll make for a good picture, and let's hope somebody gets it, because at that point I wasn't sure what Mrs. Troublemaker and uh, Little Troublemaker were, were doing. I knew they were getting some pictures, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever call on them to, to get specific shots, because, you know, that's, that's too much. So, anyway... I was like, okay, this is going to be stupid. I'll get up there for for a minute and and then make my way out while these people do their thing. You know, I don't want to disrupt the whole process any. Ha 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 ha. So I ran uh, up front, and I didn't want to get in front of the Spider-Mans because, you know, they're actually in awesome Spider-Man costumes and look really great and are, and are doing their poses. So I kind of got beside them and did a little silly Spider-Man pose. And all of a sudden... Uh, uh, about 80% of the people there, and we're talking about a, a couple hundred people at least, go, Don't get in front of the kids! Get out from in front of the kids! Meh! And I realized that there's some kids you know, sitting down on the little step behind where I am, and uh, despite the fact that everybody is taller you know, over the angle. I'm not really in front of the kids unless somebody was laying on the ground in front of me taking pictures upwards. I'm not really blocking the kids, but it, you know, it's a horrible, horrible moment because I feel like I'm ruining all of Heroes Con for everybody in attendance. So I kind of shuffled, you know, rather than jumping up and running away screaming, which was my, my reaction that I immediately wanted to have, uh, I, I kind of squeezed over behind one of the Spider-Mans and uh, 
you know, posed for a couple seconds more purely so it wouldn't look like I was jumping up and running away. And then I jumped up and ran away. And, uh, you know, it was horrible. Uh, honestly, it was, it was a miserable experience. I, I, <laughs> it was, it was really bad, uh, you know, to have that many people screaming at you at once. So I got out of there and, uh, we, we went back to the floor and I, you talked to Mike and Bobby and then we left. So that was, that was that experience as, as always, uh, nothing goes painlessly for me. So there you go. Uh, but other than, you know, those last two things, Heroes Con was absolutely awesome. I had an amazing time. And honestly, I kind of wish my vacation had just stopped there because let me just tell you, getting screamed at by a couple hundred people was the high point of uh, the next week or so of uh, hanging out with my parents. Uh, you know, talk about awkward. I'd rather a hundred people scream at me for a week straight than, than relive those few days. Let me end on a positive note, though. Live Needless Things podcast is happening July the 13th at Odin's Cosmic Bookshelf in Lilburn, Georgia. Go to my Facebook page, L Phantasmus with a PH on Facebook. I'll have more details. Go to needlessthingssite.com. I'll have more details there. Um, I'll be talking about it uh, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, be sure and check out you can download my podcast on iTunes you can download my podcast on Stitcher uh, I'm, I'm much more all over the place than I ever expected to be uh, so Phantom Troublemaker uh, Belligerent Monkey award winning Bobby Nash and Mr. Bo Brown the new permanent co-host of the Needless Things podcast we will all be in attendance July the 13th live and in person and in front of however many of the Phantomaniacs and Boamaniacs and Belligerent Monkamaniacs and Nashamaniacs show up uh, we'll be there talking about nerd stuff and uh, I think possibly touching on uh, DC Comics and what the future might hold for their movie verse after Man of Steel so anyway that's all I got for you uh, I love you guys check back next time This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.